Welcome to Making Love with your host, Colette Milan. All of us want to be loved. In this show, we'll explore how lovemaking really does make more love in your relationship and how essential real love is to good sex. Tune in for advice on how to become a better lover and how to love sex more. Here is Colette Milan. Hello. Welcome to Making Love Radio. I'm Colette Milan, and I'll be your host. With me today is my amazing, fabulous executive assistant, Kimberly, and she's my great support. A little bit about me. I'm a psychotherapist, a marriage counselor, and a certified sex therapist. But the most important credential I have is that I've been married for 38 years, and I've experienced firsthand the many challenges that bombard and wear down intimate connection. I've learned how to work through those challenges, how to really unconditionally love, and how to make more love in my relationship through the skills of delicious lovemaking. In this show, I'll explore with you how to have true love and great sex. In these shows, you'll learn how to really love, how to be a better lover, and how to enjoy sex more. You'll see how lovemaking really does make more love in your relationship and how essential real love is to great sex. In today's show, we're going to learn more, and I mean a lot more, about female sexuality, specifically female sexual anatomy and arousal. My guest today is Sherry Winston, Sherry Winston is a sexuality teacher, better known as the Sexpert. Her classes and workshops are celebrated for her her humor, comfort, and superb quality of information. Sherry's unique perspective, which she calls holistic sexuality, is derived from her decades of experience as a certified nurse midwife a gynecology practitioner, a registered nurse, a holistic healer, a childbirth educator, a massage therapist, and a student of the esoteric erotic arts. She is the founder and executive director of the Center for the Intimate Arts. She is also the groundbreaking and award-winning author of the book Women's Anatomy of Arousal, Secret Maps to Buried Pleasure. This book won the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists Book Award of the Year in 2010. I just found out about Sherry's most recent book, which is Succulent Sex Craft, Your Hands-On Guide to Erotic Play and Practice. Anyone that knows Sherry would agree that not only is she exceptionally knowledgeable, but she is a juicy, luscious woman who lives the joyous, libidinous life she promises others they can have. Just being around her is a turn-on. Welcome, Sherry. 
Well, thank you. That was an awesome introduction. <laughs> <laughs> because you're awesome. <laughs> I, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm excited because you're so knowledgeable. And I read your book for the second time this weekend, all the way through. And I was blown away by all that you know. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm even more excited about interviewing you because... I met you back in 2010 at the ASECT conference, um, which is the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists conference in San Diego, where you were receiving your ASECT Book of the Year award, and I was so impressed with you. You were just such a warm, fun, interesting, juicy, sexy woman. You just oozed with sensuality. And I thought to myself, I have to know her. <laughs> you probably remember me following you around. <laughs> anyway, you just had such a magnetic chemistry about you. So I'm loving having this interview with you because of your knowledge. But more excite, more important, I'm excited to have this chance to connect with you personally and just talk about life, love, and sex. So let's begin. Um, Sherry, anyone reading your book or being in one of your classes, is obvious. It, to them it's obvious that you have an extensive wealth of information about sexuality. And to tell you the truth, I'm envious of your education that gave you all this information. Like uh, I said a minute ago, you've had decades of experience as a certified nurse midwife, a gynecology practitioner, a registered nurse, a holistic healer, childbirth educator, massage therapist. Wow, I'm envious of all you know. Tell us how these experiences prepared you for the work that you're doing now. Well, thank you. That's a great question. You know, I mean, originally it was all about being a midwife. That was really my calling, and uh, I connected with that when I was about 20. And uh, and I did home birth, and I did uh, birth center birth, and... That was really the heart and focus of my work, although I did gynecology and other things. But really it was about helping women birth. And uh, I was, I think, very, very blessed and lucky in my experiences because even before I went to midwifery school, um, but first because I was a massage therapist and then just because I was available, I got invited to go to a, a number of home births. And I'll tell you, the first time I was at a home birth, I was, I was just, it was like the, the heavens opened and, and I was just informed, this is your path, this is your calling. And, um, and I was also lucky because those births were not hospital births. And I didn't understand this then, but what I was seeing was natural births. And I had many, many wonderful teachers and I learned all kinds of really brilliant and useful things. But the, one of the deepest understandings was that birth itself, the process of birth, was this journey, was this altered state of consciousness, this, this, this process that women went through. And that um, my job as, as the birth assistant and then the midwife was to create the environment that would enable the woman to go on this journey successfully. And so um, the other piece of that was 
that this was actually a sexual experience, that it wasn't that, you know, sex is what got the baby started nine months ago and birth was this completely separate thing, that they were actually parts of the same experience. And um, and that kind of wisdom that I got from my many mentors and teachers really helped me, I think, um, approach birth itself as a student. I was a student of birth, and I learned from the women, from the process of birth. I, I like to, to think I spent, you know, 20 years kneeling at the altar of birth, right, because you mm. spend a lot of time <laughs> on your knees. <laughs> in between women's legs, helping them open up, helping them go into this altered state. And uh, and I was teaching classes about childbirth. And and uh, for the first 10 years, so I started this when I was 20, so the first uh, decade or more that I was doing this, even though I understood intellectually that this was connected to sex, I didn't really get the deepest connections. But I was teaching women in my classes and in my practice uh, how to breathe in, in ways, uh, how to connect to their breath, really. I wasn't telling them how to breathe. I was helping them find their way of breathing to connect to the experience and ride the waves of, of contractions. And I was teaching them how to use visualization, and I was teaching them um, how, to, how to connect with themselves and listen to their own bodies and how they wanted to move and what position. So I was doing all of these things and, and uh, pelvic floor muscles, that was a big piece of it, helping women get in touch with their pelvic floor muscles and learn how to, how to open them. So I was doing all this stuff for 10 or 12 years. And during that time, my personal experience of sex had gotten better and better. I just thought that's normal. That's what happens. You get more comfortable. You get more information. You get figure out what you need. And I just thought that's what happened for all women, that that uh, as we moved through our 20s, sex got better and got easier to have orgasms. And I just thought that was normal. Um, I was I was uh, married at that point, had a, a wonderful husband, and he was he was a great partner in that. So I just thought everybody... This was their experience. And then in my early 30s, I had the realization that I had actually been training myself to have better sex, that by learning how to connect with my breath and movement and pelvic floor muscles and, and, and imagery and all of these other things that I was teaching to help women birth, I had unconsciously been using them and having better sex. So at that point... I, um, I was really like, a, wow, I've been training myself. And that's when I started understanding that we could train ourselves, that we could, like an athlete, we could learn how to, how to use our tools uh, of mind and body and, and heart and spirit, how to use those things uh, to, to train ourselves to be better, more responsive, more turned on, all of those wonderful things. At that point... I started going to classes about Tantra and Taoist sexuality practices. I, t- I, I studied a bit with a, um, a medicine priest of the Cherokee people and just, just started really exploring these kind of uh, more sort of esoteric sacred sexuality traditions. 
And at that point, I thought, I'm just learning this stuff now for me, for me to have even better sex. Um, and lo and behold, the things I was studying there in, in these uh, sacred sexuality classes um, were things that I was using as a midwife to help women also birth better. And the more I realized how connected this was, that sex and birth are really part of the same process, and uh, the, the more everything got better. My, uh, again, my sexual experience, my abilities as a midwife to help guide women through their, through their birth. So it was really a wonderful uh, interweaving that I was, I was very privileged to get to experience and, and find all these connections. And, and then when I retired from birthing babies, it was very natural to move into teaching about sexuality. So that's I, that's a long answer. I hope that wasn't too long. <laughs> I loved it. And, you know, just one thing I want to say to the audience is you can see why I love Sherry. She's mm-hmm. just, I, oh, I love how you described that. And um, I really love your approach. You're just so uh, honoring of sexuality and uh, I, I just feel how you see it as so sacred. And I really do think your education, you know, um, helping women birth babies, you, you know, you, you wrote this book, uh, Anatomy, Women's Anatomy of Arousal, and you really had, you know, firsthand experience with seeing the female sexual anatomy. So um, you became a holistic sexuality teacher and um, do you want to tell us anything more about that? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about my, uh, the Women's Anatomy of Arousal book. Yes. So, yeah, so I had been already, you know, working as a midwife and a childbirth educator. And, you know, I, I have studied, at that point I would studied anatomy in massage school as a childbirth educator in nursing school and in midwifery school, right? So I had studied oh. anatomy. Um, particularly female genital anatomy, right, four times. And I was working as a nurse midwife, and I uh, came across this book called New View of a Woman's Body. And in it, there was a chapter about female genital anatomy, and it had illustrations and descriptions of parts I had never heard of. And I, I was astounded. I was what do you mean? I've never heard of these parts. And so being that I own the equipment myself, I, I'm a good student. I immediately did some personal research <laughs> and discovered <laughs> that it, it was true that I had these parts. I sort of had not really recognized. We're talking here about uh, parts called the vestibular bulbs, which are uh, sort of big wads of erectile tissue that underlie the labia. And I checked, and sure enough, I did have them. And uh, other women had them, and I started to realize that the anatomy that I had been taught was incomplete, that parts had been left out. And that just, uh, well, it blew my mind, but it also got me kind of excited and kind of mad. Would you, how could we not know this? Why didn't I learn this? I'm a, I'm a professional, for goodness sakes. Um, I should know this. I should know all the parts women really have and how they connect and uh, how they work and, and how to make them happy and how they um, 
um, why they are, you know, how it, how, it, how it came to be that way. Anyway, I started what I now call the hunt for buried pleasure, and I started doing more research, and, and I started finding other things that had been left out and other connections that weren't recognized and uh, things like the uterus is actually part of our pleasure system. I had been told the uterus was just for making babies. And it had nothing to do with arousal and orgasm. And that's not true. So I started figuring all this stuff out, and I was teaching about it. And uh, and that's why I wrote that first book. Because, and this is 10 years later um, from when I actually started writing that book, because it took me three years to write it. Um, but uh, here it is, um, a, a decade later, and still most people, including medical professionals, midwives, sex teachers, therapists, um, still don't have a complete understanding of the, the, the elegant and, and integral and wondrous female genital anatomy system. And so I'm, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to get this information out into the world. So, you you are, and I am just really grateful for you, Sherry, because, again, in your book, you give information that I had no idea about, and uh, women have access to this book. They can read it, and they can learn how to find those buried treasures of pleasure. Um, so anyway, we have to take a break now, but everybody stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to hear more from Sherry Winston, the author of Women's Anatomy of Arousal, and she will share some of those things that she discovered about female sexual anatomy and those pleasure zones that most people don't know about. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. 
Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Making Love with Colette Milan. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to makingloveradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Making Love Radio. I'm your host, Colette Milan. I'm here today with Sherry Winston, the author of Women's Anatomy of Arousal. We're talking today about female sexual anatomy and how we have so much more um, ability to enjoy sexual pleasure than we realize. And there's a lot more to our anatomy than most of us know. So, Sherry, I'm ex- I'm excited to bring you back on the show. I just okay. wanted to mention I just wanted to mention to you, Sherry. You know, I grew up thinking that when I found the man I loved, I'd finally be able to have sex every day, and it would be really great for us for the rest of our lives. We would make ecstatic love every day, and that was my fantasy. Now, nobody told me the truth, (laughs) which is that for some of us women, not you, Sherry, because Sherry, you've always, I think you said that sex has always been great for you. But for some of us women, like me, sex wasn't so easy. Um, Sexual, I, I discovered that sexual desire and pleasure don't just come to us because we're in love. We aren't like men who are gifted with constant sex drive and can get aroused and feel tremendous pleasure at the drop of a hat. For us women, sexual desire and sexual pleasure are skills that we have to learn. And being able to have consistent sexual pleasure is a talent that we as women need to develop. And I'm using the word talent intentionally. We all know what a talent is. It's not the same thing as a gift. There are some people that are gifted, like we all know of some musicians that were born gifted. They're three years old and they're playing piano concertos. Those are gifted people. And and again, I mentioned that a lot of men are sexually gifted. They just, it's just given to them that they can feel that pleasure at any moment. Um, But for us women, we have to approach our sexual pleasure as a talent that we need to practice. And um, speaking of the talent, the talent that we want to learn is knowing our personal instrument, which is our body, and knowing how to play it so that we can bring forth beautiful music in our lovemaking with our beloved it's really important for us to be able to explore and become familiar with our instrument 
so that we can be skilled at putting ourselves into authentic pleasure, not faking it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but authentic pleasure. I think one of the most arousing and fulfilling things for men is when they can witness their lover reveling in authentic pleasure. And once you know how to play your body, you can teach your partner how to play your body so that he can put you into that authentic pleasure state. Sherry, that's why I brought you on board today, because I see you as the guru of female sexual pleasure. You're probably the guru of male sexual pleasure, too. (laughs) Um, In your book, um, you teach women the sexual anatomy of their bodies, and you teach them the pleasure zones that they probably never knew they had so that they can derive more pleasure from sex. You talk about these many erogenous zones that females have. And I love your book because it has great illustrations that show women the sexual parts of their bodies from the inside out. You took off the layers of muscle, tendons, ligaments, fat, skin that cover the female sexual organs so that we can see them and we can see how they lay out um, by each other. And um, it, it was just fascinating for me to look at your pictures. Um, and you talked about the female sexual anatomy as being like a sacred temple. And you talked about how there are three parts to that sacred temple. I think you labeled them the garden, the patio, and the inner sanctuary. Is that right? Um. Uh, well, I call it the um, the porch. <laughs> oh, the porch. That's right. <laughs> or the vegetable. But it's just, that's, yes. That's there's so the mean. garden, there's the porch, and then there's yes. inside the temple, I think, is one of the useful maps that we can use to to think about not just the genitals, but how we how we would want a partner to uh, to play with them. Right? We, we want them to start in the yard, which <laughs> is really the, yeah. you know, the whole body. Uh, mm-hmm. And and uh, um, you know, for most women, arousal tends to start at the edges. Um, you know, tends to start from the from the outside, and it has to flow and and move and and concentrate before it gets to the sex centers. And so by starting with playing in the yard, and then when we, we get to the genitals, staying hanging out on the porch, uh, and, and saving the entry uh, for when women are at high-level arousal, when their genitals are, are totally engorged, is going to make that entry feel fabulous. So that's that idea. But before we go on, I just have to say, I didn't start as a sexual savant. I learned everything I can do. I had to learn to have orgasms by myself. I had to figure out how to have orgasms with partners. I had to learn uh, all of the things that many women have to learn. Um, I did learn how to have orgasms with intercourse, but that took years uh, to figure out and, and of training. So everything, everything I can do is learnable, and all women can learn it. Uh, but I do think that we are hobbled. Back at the beginning, you were talking about that sort of myth of um, that we will, you know, find the one, the right partner, and we will connect with them, 
and we will have amazing sex right away, I, I think is one of those myths. We get that from, you know, TV and movies and, and books. And the truth is so much of sex is learned, is, is, a, is a skill set, uh, and that most of us um, aren't necessarily going to be uh, making beautiful music with a partner without having learned to play solo, without having learned uh, how to work with our instrument, how to play with our instrument. So I think that, that you're, but you're, you're talking about it being learned is so important. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of backtrack on, on those things. So one more thing. I think men also do have a lot they can learn. Uh, I think some things are easier for men, like mm, pretty much all men have figured out how to have an orgasm. Uh, and women, we need usually to learn how to do that. But I think if men want to learn to expand their sexual pleasure, uh, there's a whole big pile of learning they can do so that they have more full-body pleasure. And, and, uh, and then, of course, pleasing partners is something we all need to learn. So anyway, I just wanted to throw those things in there. Before we get to the – before we dive into the genitals – <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I kind of have wondered about you. You know, it you do just seem like you have such great understanding and that you're just such a sensual woman. And it helped me a lot to hear that you had to learn those skills, too. And okay. And I really do think that for a lot of us women, we really do need to take the approach of developing this talent. Um, I, I know with a lot of the women I work with, um, a lot of them are come from religious backgrounds where they have been taught not to look at their bodies or not to touch their bodies. And mm-hmm. um, I think they're really at a disadvantage because then when they get with their partners, it's hard. They don't know their bodies and they aren't even aware of the pleasure that they could experience. And I think it's such an advantage to be able to spend time alone with ourselves and um, become familiar with our bodies and learn about how to have pleasure. It's like practicing the piano, you know. It's like I couldn't be able to just, without practicing, go play play the piano at a performance but a lot of us women expect that we're going to go and have great lovemaking you know without mm-hmm. any practicing you know so mm-hmm. it meant a and lot plus, to me you that know, you said that because it, you are so skilled <laughs> well and yeah. and for as you said so many women because of uh religious upbringing and just cultural messages it's yes. like we've gotten the message like it's not really your piano, and don't touch your piano, and it's an icky piano. <laughs> it's an ugly piano, a smelly piano, right? And so there's, a, there's actually sort of an unlearning we often have to do, too, of our, our beliefs yes. um, uh, that it's bad or it's sinful or it's yucky or it's embarrassing, all of that stuff. And, and uh, I mean, I was lucky in that I didn't have the religious, the negative stuff from my religious upbringing, um, but I still have the cultural messages that we all get to overcome. And uh, again, I mean, I do think I was lucky because I grew up in a in a home that was very um, open to education, and um, and my my mom was bringing home 
um, you know, books, of, you know, about, um, like, our bodies ourselves. Uh, mm. I, my mom brought that home when I was a teenager. So I was, I feel like, really blessed in that sense, in that my, my learning started earlier, and I didn't have as much of the religious stuff to, to get through. Um, but we all have stuff we're going to have to unlearn or relearn or reprogram if we're really going to have positive sexual experiences because our cultural messages about female bodies are so, are so negative. So that's a whole other piece. Yeah, the, and like you, know. you said, it doesn't even, you don't even have to come from a religious background to have that. It's, mm-hmm. it's a cultural thing. Like you said, mm-hmm. one thing I have found, too, in my work is that women that have mothers that were encouraging of them, um, you know, taught them about their sexuality and encouraged mm-hmm. them to be sensual women, they really are at an advantage. And mm-hmm. so I, that, that felt good when I heard you say that your mom actually brought home books to you. Well, speaking mm-hmm. of books, we've got to get to your book because it's just full of important information. And the probably the biggest thing that I want you to spend the majority of time talking about today is the female erectile network. So jump in and take us on that tour. I'd be so happy to. So um, uh, erectile tissue uh, is the tissue we're most familiar with in the form of a penis, and that's what enables it to go from small and soft to big and hard. Uh, What happens is the tissue traps blood, and that's called engorgement. Now, I... The understanding I had before I figured out all this uh, this new model was that men had a, a penis's worth of erectile tissue and that women had the clitoris. And at that point, I was really only understanding the head of the clitoris and that that was, they got this, this whole big, this whole big penis and we got this wonderful but small head of the clitoris. But that's not true. What's true is that women have just as much erectile tissue as men do. Um, We have a network of structures all made out of that wonderful, engorgeable erectile tissue. And the head of the clitoris is indeed the jewel in the crown of, of uh, of these structures. It's the most sensitive part, but it's only one part. And so... When I thought that was it, that was the part, and that was like, I was thinking it's like playing the piano but thinking you have 22 keys on the piano. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, nope, you've got 88 keys. Let me show you the whole piano. <laughs> so the clitoris itself is made of three parts. There's the head, um, there's a shaft, which is underneath the hood, and then that branches into two legs, and the legs are about each about three inches long. And those three parts make up the whole clitoris, the head, the shaft, and the legs. Um, But there's more erectile tissue than that. There's the structure I referred to before, which is the the vestibular bulbs, which is a a pair of um, almost like parentheses or or really more like an upside-down comma. The, The bottom of the bulbs... Uh, one on either side or underneath the labia on either side of the vaginal opening. 
and the top, which is like the thin part of the comma, goes up and attaches to the shaft of the clitoris. So again, they're separate structures, but they're connected. Uh, then there's also erectile tissue under the floor of the vagina, that is in the in the wall between the vaginal and anal canals. And then there's erectile tissue that's above the roof of the vagina. And all together, these different structures make up what I call the erectile network. Because, and I named it because there wasn't a name for this set of structures. <laughs> and so what happens with, with female genital arousal, and I'm speaking of genital arousal as distinct really from sort of whole body mind arousal, but that engorgement of this erectile tissue is that we can get stimulated and aroused and have orgasms with just part of that network being activated. And so if we just sort of focus on the head of the clitoris, because that's the part we know about, and it's, it's, a, it's a very sensitive and, and key part, but if we do that, the rest of that erectile network doesn't even necessarily get engorged. But if we want full engorgement, then each one of those structures uh, usually um, is happiest and most likely to get engorged with some kind of stimulation, either, um, you know, whatever, whatever we like to stimulate with, um, our own hands, toys, someone else's hands, someone else's mouth, uh, someone else's genitals. So there's lots of ways uh, we can stimulate it with our, our muscles even, our pelvic floor muscles, uh, because many of those structures are sandwiched in between the layers of muscles. So just by using our pelvic floor muscles, we can learn to stimulate some of the parts of our erectile network. But once we understand we've got this whole network and that we're going to have the most pleasure and the best sexual experience by ourselves or with a partner when everything is engorged, then we, then we have this completely different relationship with our instrument, right? Then we know, oh, I can play all of these parts and, oh, there's foot pedals and oh, this is all, you know, all of the wonderful ways I can make music. If we think of the music analogy, um, that when we're using all the parts, it expands the kinds of music we can make. So does that make sense? Yes. And um, I love how you described that. And I loved how you just took a natural break right when we need to take a break. So <laughs> we're going to take a break right now. But everybody will be right back with Sherry Winston. And uh, we'll get to find out more about our bodies and how to experience pleasure that we didn't even know we could. So um, hold Hold on, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. 
Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a pet parent? If so, you'll want to stay up to date on the latest tech gadgets and advances for your canine or feline friend. With a ton of apps, websites, tech toys, and more, you'll want to be in the know when it comes to the real treasures and the duds. For that information, listen for Pet Lover Geek with host Lorian Clemens. We test and discuss what's hot and what's not on the pet front, so you'll be better informed. Tune in Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Making Love with Colette Milan. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to makingloveradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To Making Love Radio. I'm your host, Colette Milan, and I'm here today with Sherry Winston, the author of Women's Anatomy of Arousal. Um, Sherry, um, I, I love the way that you described the erectile uh, different areas. Uh, I just want to tell everybody, you know, Sherry's doing a great job of describing <laughs> this, but really, if you really want to get an education of what she's talking about, it's really important that you buy her book. Um, so I'd like to encourage you to order the book, Women's Anatomy of Arousal. You will be so grateful you did. Um, it it just teaches you so much and it has so many great illustrations that will help you understand your body better. And then she also has all these beautiful um, paintings of femininity and, and love. And um, you can also, you know, just get inspired and feel aroused and erotic just by looking at the pictures in her book. And they're just so beautifully done. Um, so anyway, I want to get back to what you were talking about, Sherry, with the female erectile network. Um, in your book, you take us on a guided tour through our female sexual pleasure zones, and you teach us how our body works. And you recommended in your book that women don't just read your book, but that they try the explorations of their own bodies that you suggest. Um, and I want to read a little part from your book. Um, this is what you said. You said, I strongly encourage you to make the time and create the space to really devote yourself to this journey of discovery. 
you can make this a special and even sacred exploration. Make sure that you have the privacy that you need. You can learn a lot just by feeling, but you'll also get more out of your tour if you also look at the parts. For that, you'll need a light and a mirror. A large magnifying mirror will allow you to see all the delightful details. An adjustable gooseneck lamp is good to illuminate the vistas. In the ideal setup, you'll place the mirror between your opened legs and shine the light on the mirror. If you want to take the extra credit side trip to see the beautiful inner caverns, you'll need a speculum and some nice lubricant. You'll want to see the changes that happen when you get all turned on and juicy. Many of the most wonderful parts of your genital system will only become evident when they're aroused, producing the delightful swelling called engorgement. You'll have to receive sexual stimulation from your hand, a vibrator, a toy, or a lover <laughs> in order to discover everything you've got. And um, Sherry, I'm, I've read your book and I'm committed this weekend. I'm going to go buy a lamp. I'm going to get one of those mirrors and I'm going to go on a, on a tour of my body. I do want to mention to you that I know that what you're saying about you need to get aroused first before you discover some of these parts. I know that's really true. I know for a mm -hmm. long time, my G-spot I thought, I don't have a G-spot. I'm defective. Mm -hmm. Everybody else has a G-spot, but I don't. And mm -hmm. then I realized the G-spot only comes forth. <laughs> it only makes itself mm -hmm. known after you've gotten a lot of stimulation and arousal mm -hmm. and you've gotten, you know, erect from your clitoral pleasure. And then you're in that state of deliciousness. And then when you touch that G-spot, which is that place that you mentioned um, at the top of your va vagina, is that right? Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. I found the roof, yeah. Yeah, the roof. Mm -hmm. That was a good way of putting it. Then you find it. And for, for me, at first it was subtle, but between the clitoral stimulation and the G-spot stimulation, it was just like an orchestral effect. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just delicious. And and I, I really get the impression from what you're teaching when we have all these different uh, areas on our, you know, in our uh, sexual anatomy that are aroused and erect that we can just experience just such greater pleasure. So tell us more. Well, um, so here's, uh, first of all, just everything what you said, just said was, was fabulous, that, that, uh, that because this is erectile tissue, that a lot of it won't be evident unless it's stimulated. That's so important. And, and the, the comment you made about feeling like, you know, you didn't get one or you were, you know, uh, <laughs> so many women walk around feeling like they're, they're broken or they're damaged or they, they got shortchanged, and it might be because they feel like they're, they don't have some part of the anatomy. It also might be because they haven't yet figured out how to, haven't yet, yet learned their path to orgasm, or they don't have orgasms uh, from intercourse, or um, they don't have orgasms easily. And so for, for anyone who's thinking, I'm broken, you're not. There's just stuff you haven't learned yet. 
everyone, you've got all the parts. You just haven't learned how to play your instrument yet um, or your whole orchestra, really, as, as you were saying. So, so I just think that's so important to emphasize because, again, in, in my years of, of clinical work and, and teaching, I have talked to, to hundreds of women, probably thousands of women, who thought there was something wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you. There's mm-hmm. just, you just had bad maps, right? You just didn't get the, the education you needed. So um, in terms of things like learning how to have an orgasm. Uh, and uh, so here's an example. I'll give an example of one of those things. So a lot of women, we, we uh, believed the myth that the best way to have an orgasm would be with a partner uh, with intercourse. And um, a lot of women have not experienced orgasms within their course, and they tend to think there's something wrong with them, or maybe they think there's something wrong with their partner, uh, but something's wrong somewhere. And the truth is that that's not usually the best way for women to learn to have orgasms. Um, many uh, couples are engaging in intercourse before the woman is totally aroused in her whole being, whole body arousal, and also before her genitals, uh, before that whole network is fully engorged. And if you're having intercourse that way, it's very unlikely to lead to orgasm. Uh, so, again, this is about learning to understand that something like having orgasms with intercourse is a learnable skill, and, um, and it's not that that's the right way, uh, or even the easy way for most women to have orgasms. It's really important to, to understand that, that, that whole system, that sort of the, the mythologies we've been given and what, what's the actual truth. The truth is we can all learn how to do all of these things, um, but just like learning anything complex, you start with the simple skills. You wouldn't start trying to play Mozart, uh, you know, the, when you first learn the violin. You start with simple, you know, how to, how to hold it, how to, how to bow, how to, how, how to make chords. And so it's the same with our sexuality and learning this instrument. So um, uh, we can decide what we want to learn and then go about learning it. And what you were talking about, about going on that journey of self-discovery, checking everything out, self-pleasure or have a partner help with the stimulation, seeing how everything changes, feeling it all is such a great uh, uh, early learning journey. It's a journey we can repeat also. It's not like we might do that once. We might do that again a year later and notice what's different now that we've learned more skills. So, But that's, a, that's a, one of the best ways to start is just learn your instrument. Yes. Oh, Sherry, I love this. So um, we need to be ending in just a few minutes, but I just really want to say to everybody, you can see what a fabulous resource that Sherry is. I Seriously, Sherry, I'm going to contact you. I want to take some classes from you and some coaching. And I want to encourage everybody to visit Sherry's website her website, and, and write this down, it's, it's www.intimateartscenter.com. Again, www.intimateartscenter.com. Is that right, Sherry? 
It's um, it's intimate. Arts is plural. Center is spelled the American way. I like to say. Yes. So, okay. Intimate yeah, so, arts center dot com. Yeah. Yeah. That'll get you yeah. there. Yeah, I-N-T-I-M-A-T-E, capital A-R-T-S, capital C-E-N-T-E-R.com. I, I just want to guide you to that because when you go to her website, you'll see the vast options she has. She can do coaching with you. She can You can um, see her classes. You can see her books. I didn't even get a chance to talk about her second book, which is called Succulent Sex Craft, Your Hands-On Guide to Erotic Play and Practice. We might have to have you come back, Sherry, and talk about that book. I'd be happy to do that. So, anyway, um, I just really want to tell you, Sherry, that your book is a must-read for all of my female clients. Uh, you know, I work with women that are struggling with low desire, inability to orgasm, and your book just really gives all the details that they need to know to learn those skills. And I like to refer this book to cl- male clients, too, so that they are they can be better lovers. Um, okay. So I guess we got to end, uh, but it, because it looks like we are running out of time. Um, but Sherry, I want to thank you so much for being on our show. We've learned so much from you. And again, I want to encourage everyone to go to your website at www.intimateartscenter.com and um, look at, not not just look at, but buy her book, Women's Anatomy of Arousal. It's just a must-have and um, and look at, again, all her classes and her coaching opportunities. So thank you, Sherry, for being on the show. It was a pleasure talking with you, Colette. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Next week, we're going to have another fabulous show. Michelle Weiner davis author of the book The Sex-Starved Marriage and The Sex-Starved Wife, will be with us. She's also the creator of Divorce Busting, and she will be telling us about her new book, Healing from Infidelity. You don't want to miss this next show. Be sure to visit our website at www.sextherapyutah.com, where you can listen to any of our radio shows at your convenience. On our website, you can also find out more about me and my husband, Dr. Mark Malin, and the work that we do to help couples have a better love life. Again, our website is www.sextherapyutah.com. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Till we meet again, have a great weekend. And remember, making love really does make more love in a relationship. And real love is essential to great sex. Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to join your host, Colette Milan, for another edition of Making Love next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great weekend. And remember these two things. Lovemaking really will make more love in your relationship. 
And real love is essential to good sex. 